We're going to go to the book of 3 John tonight. 3 John, the book of 3 John, back toward the back of your New Testament. Third John, chapter number one, because there is no chapter number two. The book of third John, and look at verse number four. We'll begin our reading there, verse four. The Bible says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church. Whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well, because that for his name's sake they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles." We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. We're just going to try to preach tonight a little on faith promise giving. Let's pray. We'll get going. Father, one final time, we just ask for your power and the boldness of the Holy Ghost to bring this sermon just the way that you'd have it, Lord. I, I just pray for clarity of mind and speech. Um, I pray that you would challenge us through your word uh, to do exactly what you'd have us to do in the way of faith promise missions giving in this next year. I know that many are praying about that, and maybe some already have answers. Uh, There may be some that aren't giving. There may be some that are struggling with it. I just pray you'd meet all the need tonight as only you can. We're trusting you for these things. We thank you for your goodness and mercy and for the Bible. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing. Please do be seated. John's writing to us about missions giving. Faith promise missions giving requires commitment. There has to be a commitment. Uh, we pray, we ask God to lay them out on our heart that we would give for the next year or that we would give weekly uh, throughout the next year that we might support missionaries and missions works going on around the world. And then as he lays that uh, amount on our heart, we, we commit that we're going to give that and then week after week as the money comes in or as the money doesn't come in. We go ahead and give. We give by faith. That's where the faith is. We're going to touch that just a little bit. God will supply our need. He says that he'll do that. It's given money to the church's missions program. Um, Sometimes when you don't feel like you have it there to give. It's really amazing the way that the devil works so hard in our giving that to not give. I know he fights with a lot of people about even tithing, about giving what belongs to God, back to God, and and I'm not going to get into that a lot, 
uh, let me let, let it suffice to say this: if, if you're not tithing right now, if you're not tithing faithfully right now, faith promise mission giving is not for you. First off, we have to give God what is due Him. That 10% belongs to Him. And once we start giving that way, and He begins to bless us because He will bless us. Come on, man, woman, boy, or girl. If we are tithing the way that we should, God's going to bless us. He will meet our need. He may not, he may not pour out extravagance on us, but I guarantee you, He will meet our need as we tithe. And then above that, we give to missions, we give our offerings, tithes and offerings, and we give, and God God blesses um, as we do that. And so if you're not tithing, I want to encourage you to try God and test God and prove God, and because I guarantee you, you'll be glad that you did. Anyway, in faith promise giving, you take money that uh, you obviously need and you give it trusting that God's going to meet your needs. And somebody might say, well, how much are we supposed to give, preacher? Well, that depends on your faith. Um, I mean, that depends on what God would say. Uh, we, we earnestly pray about this. We ask God to lay an amount on our heart that he would have us to give. And then we trust him. We trust Him, right? I mean, by faith, we, we trust Him. We trust Him to save our soul, didn't we? Come on, I mean, we trust Him. And by faith, we trust Him. If God can direct in all manners of our life, He can definitely direct in our giving. And so we do earnestly pray, and we ask God for that amount. And that way we can trust, if God has said it, that He's going to take care of us as we give that. And uh, again, that's above your regular tithes and offerings that you might be Already given. The book of Leviticus says the tithe is the Lord's. That first 10% belongs to Him. And so we're not to meddle with God's tithe. We're not to meddle with what already belongs to Him. I want to think about three key words contained in the phrase faith promise plan. And, and, and I, I believe, no, I know that we, we, we will find it uh, totally scriptural in its entirety. This isn't something that somebody dreamed up along the way. This isn't Bill's plan. This isn't some other man's plan. This is God's plan that we can get the gospel out all around the world. So first, let's think about faith. And of course, our faith is of God. The whole Christian life is based upon faith. And that's not faith in faith. No, 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 no. But faith in a promise. We've, we, we have many promises we can stand on. This is not a name it, claim it type scheme, as somebody might say. Faith's not believing. Faith is not believing that God will do what I want Him to do, but faith is believing that God will do what He says He'll do in His Word. We put faith in Him. We put faith in His Word. We're trusting in Him. The faith is in Him. But again, that kind of faith requires commitment. We have to be committed to that. I, I mean, sometimes we just live by faith, don't we? I mean, we don't know what tomorrow holds. We we may not know where the next uh, we may not know where the next money for bills are going to come in. We may not know where the next meal would come from. But we can trust God. We live by faith, and this type of faith, when we're going to give as God would have us to give, it does require commitment. So let's think about several things that God reveals in His Word excuse me, concerning faith. We know this for sure. We cannot be saved without faith. There's, there's no one's ever been saved without faith. 
Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, the faith that comes from God. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Can't work your way to heaven. Can't pray enough prayers to get to heaven. You can't be baptized enough to get to heaven. Can't join enough churches to get to heaven. It's only by faith that you are saved, by the grace of God. I mean, through faith we are saved. No faith and there's no salvation. We, we put our trust and, and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But also, the Bible teaches us that we cannot please God without faith. We can't please God without faith. Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith it is impossible to please Him. So we can't please God by just running a bus route. There has to be faith in our life also. And we can't please God just by singing in the choir. There has to be faith also. And we can't please God just by teaching a Sunday school class and going through all those motions. There has to be faith. And we can't please God just by tithing. There has to be faith behind that. God expects us to operate by faith. I do these things by faith. I run a bus route by faith, trusting that God is going to touch people's heart and change people's lives and change their destiny and change their eternal destiny. I teach a Sunday school class by faith, trusting that God will take His Word, not my accomplishments and not any little bit of talent that I might have, but I, I teach a Sunday school class by faith, knowing that God can take His Word and change somebody's life completely. Come on, I, we go out and we, we knock on doors and we invite people to church by faith. By faith. We're, we're not, no, 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 we don't have some, this is not some elaborate plan that somebody has come up with. We do the things that are laid out to us in the Bible by faith. God expects us to operate by faith. We give by faith. We go by faith. We do by faith. We're not just stuck in some dead religion. I love to say that. We're not just stuck in some dead religion. We have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he laid out a plan for us in this book that if we are faithful to, by faith, follow the plan that God can do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. That's our God. And he can do that in our giving too. It's an amazing thing that we can trust God with our soul. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And we can trust God with our soul but we can't trust him with our pocketbook. What's wrong with that? There's a problem there when it's that way. Truly, there is a problem there. We can trust God. We have to operate by faith. All parts of our lives. As believers... We can't really live in this life without faith. Romans 1.17 says the just shall live by faith. We, we live every day by faith. We're trusting every day, aren't we, that Jesus is coming back. We're looking for his return. It keeps us going. It keeps us full of hope. We know that one of these days we're going to have to, we're, that, not, not going to have to, one of these days we are going to get out of this mess we are in and we're going to spend eternity with our wonderful God that's, gonna, that's, gonna, that's just going to be a wonderful time. We see it again in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, that's what the Bible says, the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back or refuse to live by faith, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. That's what God says. You know, and, and again, and, and, and I don't want to kick, a, I, just, I don't want to just kick, keep kicking the same horse, but, but I'm telling you, I'm so glad I'm not stuck in some dead religion. Yeah. 
I'm so glad that I don't do the things just to make sure that I'm pleasing God, just to make sure that, you know, I feel good about myself. No, 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 no. We do things that we do. We do the things that we do by faith because we want to please God. And, and by faith, we just do what He says. We do what He asks us to do. And, and, and again, and I know I've said it a lot, and I'll probably continue to say it a lot, but God doesn't make us do anything. He doesn't make us do anything. Isn't that a, I mean, isn't that a wonderful thing? And I have to admit, sometimes, Brother Mike, I wish God would make me do some things. I, I must admit, there's times I wish that He would just make me do some things. There, there's times in my own life that I wish that way, but He doesn't do that. He wants us to do what we do, trusting in Him Trusting in Him because He loved us enough to send His only begotten Son that we might know Him in the free pardon of sin. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for that. And that by faith we would just trust His Word. Well, preacher, if God would just speak to me, just read your Bible. Well, God, if, if, but, but preacher, if God would just speak to me out loud, well, read your Bible out loud. I'm telling you, God speaks to us through that book. And we can trust Him. And when He says to do something, we just by faith listen to Him because it sure keeps us out of trouble when we do, doesn't it? With, with, without a doubt. Look, the devil doesn't make it easy to live the Christian life. There's going to be plenty of discouragements along the way. And I wish I could say it wasn't so, but it is so. And that's why there's a lot of people that are not sitting in churches uh, today because uh, they are discouraged somewhere along the way and instead of by faith just continuing to do what God would have them to do and continuing to move forward the way that God would have them to move forward they throw in a towel they give up there are going to be discouragements along the way we have to be able to trust God to deliver us from whatever we might face and and the faith promise plan please get this because it is vitally important the faith promise plan it teaches us to better trust God no, truly it does. I, I remember when we I remember when we, we started giving to, to missions. I mean it was like you mean we're supposed to give more money? <laughs> and, 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 and and I mean the Bible proved it, the preacher preached it and taught it, and I was like, well, if that's what we're supposed to do. And started giving some and then started giving some more and then started giving a little more and started giving a little more and mercy sakes alive. It really doesn't matter how much that we give year after year. He just keeps on giving them back. He just keeps on taking care of us. I mean, he has blessed us beyond our wildest dreams along the way. He, he's always taken care of us. We've never lacked for anything whatsoever because God's promises are true. And He promises that He'll take us. And you know what that's made us do? It's made us just trust God more. How much more can we give? So where does that kind of faith come from? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's maybe oversimplified, but it's really the truth. This kind of faith comes by being in His Word. It comes from the Bible. In Romans ten seventeen, it says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so being in the Bible every day, it helps, it builds our faith. But not only by being in the Bible, but by talking to God daily. That'd be prayer. By talking to Him every day. In Mark chapter 11 and verse 24, the Bible says, Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And so it builds our faith. Because we pray and God answers prayer. Somebody say Amen. 
I'm telling you that we need to be getting answers to prayer. No, we need to be praying earnestly enough where we're getting answers to prayer. But we need to be praying in such a way that we know, oh, God did that. Oh, it had to be God that did that. It had to be God that directed their life. It had to be God that made that. It had to be God that supplied that. Come on, I'm telling you, it increases your faith, doesn't it? Come on, when you pray about those things and you've not told anybody what you're praying about and all of a sudden God answers the prayer, isn't that a wonderful thing? I mean, absolutely wonderful thing. And so we, by being in His Word and, and by, by praying to Him, but also by walking daily with God. You have to walk daily with God. A lot of people like to leave God at the church house. They come to meet with Him on Sunday morning, and uh, then they leave Him here and uh, just go on about their business for the week, and then they come back to see Him again the next Sunday morning. But that's not the way it's supposed to operate. We have to have that daily walk with Him. And if we walk with Him that way, daily, we're trusting Him to guide us and help us and strengthen us and deliver us and give us victory in things. I'm talking, it increases our faith. John 15, 7 says, If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. It increases our faith. We'll not have the faith that we need to have without these things. But not only, the, not only is the faith of God in faith promise giving, faith promise plan, but the promises of God. See, because God promises to give back what is giving. Uh, Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 10 says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. And again, tithing and faith promise has to go together. Uh, really, for, for the most part, a non-tither is not going to be involved in faith promise missions giving. They're just not going to be involved. Our giving to God begins with faithful tithing. The tithing, the first 10% of, of all of our increase belongs to God. It's His. It's His. No, no, it's His. Uh, we tithe to prove we're honest. And then we give offerings to prove our love. The 10% belongs to Him. So we give it back to Him. Here, this is yours. So really and truly, really and truly, truly, we're not giving to God until we give above that 10%. It's just a fact. And we tithe to prove we're honest. We give God back what belongs to Him, and we give offerings to prove our love to Him. Uh, an old preacher that's gone on before us, uh, uh, Lee Robertson, said that he wouldn't trust a Christian who wouldn't tithe. I mean, man, oh man, how is your faith ever going to increase? You can't even trust God with uh, what he gives you. Malachi chapter 3 verse 8 says, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But you say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. So it's speaking about, about offerings. And verse 9 deals with the tithe there. In Malachi chapter 3, You're cursed with a curse, for you've robbed me. Even this whole nation. You know, I, I've thought many a time, and, 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 and I don't live in a dream world, but I've thought many a time, how wonderful the United States of America would be if everybody loved God and lived the way that God wanted them to live. Come on, wouldn't it be, it'd be such a nation? It'd be such a country. And I thank God for our nation. I'm a patriot. I love the United States of America. I'd fight for her, no doubt. But man, wouldn't it be nice if everybody just... And, and I just don't see us being having this uh, uh, 26 million, $26 trillion of debt in the United States of America if everybody just been faithful to God and gave to God they wanted to over all these years and... Okay, I'll step off of that. But anyway, I, I just, man, we're cursed with a curse because we have robbed God. We've robbed God. 
Luke 6.38 says, Give, and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed, uh, uh, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure, uh, measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. So, given it shall be given to you. Well, okay, preacher, fine. What's to be given? Well, I mean, whatever is needed. We know that. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's a wonderful thing because that puts God in your corner. Okay, I'm going to say it again. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That's God in our corner. God is in our corner. God cares about us. He cares about every little thing. You know, it's an amazing thing how, 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 giving, how giving to God turns, turns people off. It, it, it seems to turn some people off completely. And, and I know a lot of it is because of the shysters that have gone on uh, the the, the televangelists tele that are determined they need a new jet because the old one's just not up to date. And so can you please just send in money so we don't have to fly with the scum of the earth and, and all of that. And, 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 and you send money and I'll send you a piece of my prayer cloth that I've sweat upon and no doubt that's going to fulfill things and all that junk that's gone on before. I know that, but, 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 but let's just cast all that trash aside because let's go with what the Bible says. And giving is such a big part of our worship. Someone has said you're, 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 not, you're, you're not any more like Jesus than when you're giving. You're not any more like God than when you're giving. For God so loved the world that He gave. He gave. He, he's a giving, giving God. I'm glad that God's in, in our corner. <clears throat> Think about this with me. Would you, I, I, would, you, would you accept $10 million if you had to agree to no more promises from God meeting your needs ever again? And, 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 and some of you are going, $10 million. I mean, come on, preacher. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, come on. I mean, you could spend 10 times the amount that, you're, that you spend right now uh, daily and still only be spending the interest from $10 million if you had it in a bank. I'd rather have God in my corner. I, I, I'd rather know that He's going to meet the need. I, I, I'd, I'd rather know that He's going to be there. Um, I, I, I was talking to Miss Pam and I were talking last night, you know, and, and really, really right now, the money that you have in your billfold is not worth a whole lot. There's just greenbacks anymore. We don't have silver certificates anymore. We don't have gold certificates anymore. They're just greenbacks, what's ever in there. I mean, it would just take somebody making some move along the way and just like that, the money that we have in our billfold would be worth nothing. I mean, just like that, just the way it was in Venezuela, uh, where all the money was laying in the gutter because it wasn't worth anything. All your $100 bills could just be laying there in the gutter and not be worth anything whatsoever. And I'm telling you, if that time comes in our nation, if that time does come in our lifetime in our nation, I want to be able to depend upon God. $10 million wouldn't be worth anything. I don't care what bank you had it in or whatever. Our God's not changing. 
He's going to be there for us. He's going, to, he's going to take care of us. So we're living by faith. We're giving by faith. We're going by faith. We're doing what God would have us to do by faith. I really believe the reason that some people don't have their needs met is that they're more interested in their kingdom and their kingdom instead of God's kingdom. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all, of these, all these things shall be added unto you. What are you talking about, their kingdom? Oh, you know, cars, houses, vacations, toys, all that stuff that the money will buy. But God's kingdom is the souls of men. No, 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 we're, we're, we're talking about, we're talking about giving, giving so that souls might be saved. And we're not talking about only in St. Joseph, we're talking about all around the world. That souls might be saved. That lives might be changed. You know, it's an amazing thing, Brother David Hetzer, our missionary, one of our missionaries, doing a tremendous job over there, seeing people saved and baptized in a place where, I mean, people have never heard the gospel before. And it's amazing, isn't it? We've been so, we have been so, we have been so desensitized by all the TV preachers and all that different stuff that it it's, makes it a little bit tougher. But God's Word still works, even in the United States of America. But I'm telling you, there's people that have never heard before that are getting saved. And they're getting saved by people that we have a part in keeping them right there on the field. No, it, that's, that's, that, that, should, that should encourage us to continue to give and, and to do what God would have us to do. The reasons that most Christians uh, face unmet needs is probably because they have violated Matthew 6.33 or Luke 6.38. And, 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 and really, if you'll, if, you'll make, if you'll make the kingdom of God your number one priority, I really believe you'll see your needs met because God promises that. You'll see your needs met. No, his kingdom is supposed to be our priority. His kingdom is supposed to be number one. Well, preacher, I have needs. Yes, me too. I have needs too. But God promises if we'll put him first in everything, that he's going to meet our needs. He's going to do that. Now, no, 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 no. I understand. No, we can, we can go back to, to faith. But I, I'm telling you, we're trusting God. We're trusting his promises by faith. He says we should give. By faith we give. We're trusting the promise that He is going to meet the need if we just do what He says. But I said three things. Uh, faith and promise and then plan. The faith promise plan. So let's think about the plan of God. God doesn't intend. Stay with me. We're going to get back to the Scripture. Well, you've not even been in it. We're getting to the Scripture. I want to say the other stuff first, Okay. God does not intend for the lost to pay for hearing the gospel. He never intended for it to be that way. Let's read this again. Look at verse 5. Look at verse 5. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well, because for that for his name's sake they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles, of those they were taking the gospel to. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. So the purpose of God's plan, of course, is that people be saved. Man, that people would... would uh, 
uh, come to know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. No, it really doesn't matter if we went over and just built, all, built them all fine houses and drilled wells and planted trees and all that stuff and left them with just that. Wouldn't matter at all, would it? Somebody say amen. No, no, because the time comes we check out of this life. There's, there's another life after this life. And that life is going to be, that life is going to be either, either spent with the very God of heaven or it's going to be spent in a place that was prepared for the devil and his angels, a real place called hell. I mean, there's no other, there's no other choices. That's all that there is. And so the purpose of God's plan is that people would be saved by the grace of God. I'm not against helping people. I'm not against feeding people. I'm not against doing whatever God would have us to do. But I'm telling you, the main priority, the main plan is for people to hear the gospel and be saved uh, uh, by the grace of God. God's plan is that we show love and concern, certainly to the brethren. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever they do to the brethren, uh, to the missionaries that are doing that, and to the strangers. That's those that are lost. We're showing that to the missionaries and helping them get over there and do what they're supposed to be doing, but also to the lost, that the missionary can be there and that they can hear the gospel, that they can trust Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And we do that to bring them forward on their journey. He talks about that in verse uh, uh, number six, to provide food and shelter and provisions uh, for the missionaries so that they might fulfill their mission without, listen, without charging uh, anything to those that they are sent to minister to. They're over there. No, 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 no. They're not over there looking for people's money. They're over there trying to get them to Jesus. And so we help them to do that so that, so that those that, we, that they are sent to won't just think, oh, they're just over here trying to get everything we have. No, they're over there for one purpose, and that's to get the gospel to a lost and dying world. I mean, we enter into this partnership with a missionary to get the gospel out. It's what it's all about. Verse number 8, we therefore ought to receive such the missionaries that come in to help them to go back out, that we might be fellow helpers uh, to the truth. And that enables us, you and I, stay with me just a few more minutes. Come on, I know it's been a long week, long day and all that. Stay with me here. That enables us, you and I, to keep the Great Commission. You and I. Okay, who in here is saved? We have a command. We have the Great Commission. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. We have been given a command. And that is to take the gospel to everyone. All nations. All nations. Now, stay with me here. Stay with me. So, Brother Joey, how do we go into all the world? I mean, you can't ignore the command, right? The command's there. I've always said this book's a personal book. When I read it, I mean, it's just like God speaking to me, you know? Go ye, Bill, into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So, so, so we can't ignore the command, and we're commanded to go. Our number one command is to go. So what are we going to do about it? 
I mean, certainly we want to go to our own Jerusalem. We want to go to those that we can. But, I mean, what about the rest of the world? <laughs> I mean, what, what, what are we supposed to do? We, we, so, so, so we either have to go or we have to send somebody in our place. I've got a lot to do here. I, I just don't know that I have time to go all around the world and keep up with what's going on here. <laughs> So we have to go or we have to send somebody. See, missionaries are a necessity. They're a necessity to fulfilling the will of God for our life. He commanded us to preach the gospel around the world. Sometimes we plan to, uh, sometimes we tend to put missions on a lower level of importance. Um, that, you know, well, okay, you know, they're gone, but we got a job to do around here. Well, well, hold it, hold it, hold it! There's lost people all around the world that need Jesus. <clears throat> because I can't go and do all of that. I want to do my very best to be a part of everyone that I can that is going out there. I, I want to be a part of all the missionaries that we have sent and are sending and are going to send, good Lord willing, I want to be a part of that ministry. And the only way that I can be a part of that ministry is to give to that ministry. And as we give to Faith Promise missions, that's what we're doing. We are helping these people fulfill the will of God for their life. And I am telling you, I really believe there's going to be a lot of missionaries that have a lot more rewards than we will out there on a foreign field. I mean, some of them were seeing a sense of revival, a lot of people being saved in some of these foreign countries. Some of them, not so much. One here, a few years later, another one here. I'm telling you, both are very important. Both are very important. Planting churches around the United States of America in small towns or large cities or anything in between where it seems to be harder and harder and harder and harder to get people to come and sit and listen to the teaching, preaching of the Word of God. And those church planters go out there and they beat the streets and beat the streets and beat the streets. And many times for, for, for a year or two, they preach to just their family and somebody that happens to stumble in. But they keep on going. And then they see one saved. And then they see another. And along the way, another. I'm telling you, they are all, all very important. All of it is important. And I want to be a part of it. I want to be involved in that. And the way that we do that is by giving. We trust God by faith to supply the money to give. The missionary then goes by faith, trusting in that very same God, our God, to put it on people's hearts to supply by faith. And it's really sad to an extent that it now takes about two years or a little more for a missionary to complete deputation, to get on the field. But it is still God's plan. It started 
way back long time ago in the book of Acts, and God still uses the same plan today. And he allows, please stay with me just a few more minutes, he allows, he allows you and I to be a part of that. No, it's a wonderful thing. I've, I've, I've never been to China, but I have supported some missionaries that have gone there. I, I've, there. There's so many places in the world that I have not been, but I have supported missionaries that are there and do now. And because of that, because of that, those folks that are getting saved in those different areas, we get to be a part of that. God allows us to have a part of that. And there's, a, there's proof in this plan. Um, God says we rob him in both the tithes and the offerings. Um, again, Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 8, will a man rob God, yet ye have robbed me. But you say, wherein, where, where, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. But as we give the way that God would have us to give, we're tithing first to prove we're honest. We're giving offerings above that to prove our love to Him. Then in that very same chapter, Malachi chapter number 3, verse 10, verses 10 and 11 bring great encouragement to go ahead and give the way that we should give. Because it says this, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now Herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. You know, that's the only place in the Bible that God says, prove me. And it has to do with our giving. He says, you bring it, you prove me, you try me, you test me. I'm telling you, God will prove himself. Absolutely. Verse number 11 says, And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. He promises to pour out a, a blessing and rebuke the devourer. That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? People, people, people may not believe this, but I, I believe it 100%. I believe God can make our clothes last longer. I believe He can make our shoes last longer. I believe He can make our vehicles last longer. I believe He can make the tires on our vehicles last longer. I believe He can keep us in good health and keep us from having to go to the doctor as much as some others would. I believe that God watches over us and that He rebukes the devourer to show Himself faithful and take care of us as we give the way that we should give. It's, it's right there in the Word of God. You, you can't deny it. It's right there. Well, preacher, I, you know, I don't make hardly anything. I don't have hardly anything. Well, God gives a very classic example uh, that He expects an offering no matter how little money we make. Think about it over in Mark chapter 12 and the story of the widow and the two mites. Verse 42 says, And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. 
And he, Jesus, called unto him his disciples and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance. But she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Two mites. You understand what he's saying there? There was nothing left over. Uh, there was nothing left over. She, she cast in all her living. There's nothing left over. Uh, no grocery money, no rent money. She just by faith did what God wanted her to do. Well, I preach, are we supposed to give God all our money? No, God doesn't expect you to give Him all your money. God just wants you to give Him what He wants you to give Him. Well, if you've been around long, you've heard me say it so many different times. I don't want people to give one dime more than what God would have them to give. Not one dime more. But I don't want them to give one dime less either. Because you beat yourself out of a blessing. If God tells you to put it all in, put it all in. But make sure it's Him. <laughs> Come on, I, we can trust Him, right? Somebody say amen. I'm telling you, we can trust God even with our pocketbook. This widow, she had nothing left over. She was totally dependent upon God. She gave two mites, one for her tithe and the other for her offering. I mean, she was trusting God. Okay. When we take care of God's business, God's kingdom, seek the first kingdom of God, God takes care of our business. He'll take care of us. He'll make sure our needs are met. We can see people, we can continue to see people go around the world. We can continue to support more missionaries, of which I certainly hope that the faith promise comes in so that we can do such. I, I truly do. We can continue to do that, but it's dependent upon us that are willing to make commitments. I'm talking about people of Riverside Baptist Church. It's dependent upon us. Don't expect the PTA to help. The Chamber of Commerce, they're not going to chip, chip in. The American Medical Association, not going to get anything from them. The Elks Lodge or the Masons, they're not going to help. I mean, not even the NRA is going to help. Not in this endeavor. This is the commission that's given to the church. It's given to us. That we would give the way that God would have us to give. That, that we would become part of God's plan. Given it shall be given unto you. You have someone that's close to you that needs to be saved. You know, if you sin, maybe God will send someone to them. Give and God will give. Luke 6.38 again, Given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet without, uh, withal it shall be measured to you again. Given it shall be given. <laughs> give money. I found out you cannot outgive God. Give kindness. Give your time. Go visit the lost. Or even given that others might go. Well, we could go on. Give courtesy, give compassion, give love. Given it shall be given unto you. 
I'm here to declare to you, and, and, and I'm done. Faith, promise, missions, giving changed our lives. It, it, changed, it changed me and Miss Pam's lives. It changed our lives. I'm telling you. We began to see money in a completely different way when we started giving to faith promise the way that God would have us. I mean, we started, it was just, you can't explain it. You can't explain it. It's amazing. So what's the challenge, preacher? Well, the challenge is this. If you're not involved in faith promise giving, I'm going to ask you to determine and pray about what God would have you to do. Trust Him to lay in the mountain in your heart that you would give. That you would give regularly. And, 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 and if you don't tithe regularly, again, this, 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 this tithing is where you need to start. Giving 10%. Prove God. Prove Him. Give as He would have you to give. Give your, give your tithe. Give it back to Him. Prove your honesty to God and just let Him show you how faithful He is. Prove Him. Prove God that His promises to those that give are true because they are. We tithe to prove we're honest. We give offerings to prove our love. I, we, we stand amazed. Miss Pam and I, we stand amazed. We, certainly we want to give God what's rightfully His and we're going to do that in our tithing. Our missions giving, we try to be generous as God would have us to be and uh, then we give to other things as God would have us to do that building fund and vehicle fund and just whatever God would have us to do we're never left without it's really amazing I'm glad I can trust God with my soul. I don't have to worry about ever going to hell. Somebody should have said amen right there. But if I can trust Him with my soul, I can trust Him with my money. I'm just going to challenge you, encourage you to pray about your faith, promise, missions, commitment for this next year. Determined to commit to give. Preacher, God laid a, an amount on my heart that kind of scares me. Good. <laughs> no, no, that's not a bad thing. Good. Because that means you're going to have to practice it by faith. And anything that builds our faith is a good thing. It really is a good thing. Let's stand. Let's stand for a moment. Thank you for being patient tonight. You have been very, very patient. Thank you with being so attentive. <sighs> Heavenly Father, this missions month that uh, is going to determine what we're able to do in the way of faith promise missions and missions giving and supporting new missionaries for this next year. And uh, you know that I don't know who gives what, where. I, I have no idea. But Lord, you do. And you know what you want folks to do in the way of giving the faith promise missions uh, so that we can
continue to support missionaries and even support more. And I know that in the day and time that we live in, it can be kind of uh, scary. But it could even be kind of uh, scary even if everything was prosperous right now. Lord, just help us to be obedient and willing to commit to give whatever it is that you would have us to give in the way of faith promise. I don't know how you may have spoken to hearts. We're going to open the altar. I pray your will would be done. Challenge us, Lord, and then prove yourself. We pray, please, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our heads are bowed.